Hey guys, it's Brooke Eagle, and we are back with another episode of the Forsyth Magazine's podcast. And today I have Glenn from Centenary United Methodist Church. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Brooke. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm fantastic. It's a beautiful day outside. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it really is. We got to soak it in. This might be the last day of the it beautiful be. weather. I mean, winter is always right around the corner, yeah. is what they tell us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so excited to have you on. You have such a beautiful radio voice, so you're made for the podcasting world. Well, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it's fun. So, Glenn, tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you got into the ministry world. So uh, I grew up here in Winston-Salem, uh, went off to college to uh, be a banker because that just seemed to be what I was uh, destined to do. Loved everything about money. I mean, money does good things. I thought I would like to help people do good things with money. Uh, and somewhere in there, I had always been involved in our church growing up. Uh, and so we were one of those families that were always <laughs> present in church. And so when I went to college, it just seemed natural to me to get involved in the church uh, near my college campus. It was a Methodist church there, too. And so... I got involved there, and along the way, uh, began uh, thinking that maybe not banking, maybe something else, maybe doing something working in church. Wasn't sure what. Uh, and uh, one Sunday afternoon, uh, after a worship service, the minister said, hey, we're going to do a youth service. You've been volunteering with our youth. How about you do the sermon? And a little thing they didn't know about me is I was, at that time, terribly afraid of speaking in public. And I said, sure, because I have the can't say no to church gene. I said, sure, and went home and said, what did you do? And the next thing I know, I worked on that sermon and worked on it. And uh, about two months later, stood in the pulpit and preached it. And it felt very natural, which is very, which at the time was very unlike me. So all of that, uh, fast forward, I started realizing that maybe there was something else there. I uh, really talked to uh, some clergy colleagues about it and just said, is this, is this, for a feeling about a call to ministry real? And they said, very much so. And so my next step was, instead of getting an MBA, I went to graduate school to get an MDiv, a Master of Divinity, mm -hmm. graduated. And the next thing I know, um, they're uh, putting me in a Methodist church in Thomasville, North Carolina as the associate minister. And the story sort of rolls on from there. Did youth ministry for a while, did administration, did missions, did planned giving, uh, and then spent uh, the last couple of years doing uh, leadership work in churches and ended up here in Winston-Salem about three and a half years ago. Oh, okay. So that's how long you've been at Centenary. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that you say you were scared of public speaking. So did you feel, I mean, I'm sure you felt that you've gotten better over the years, but it's always felt pretty natural to you. Once once I got over that first initial hump and realized that maybe this was where I was going to go, uh, it became just natural, and uh, I enjoy doing it. Uh, I still go in. Uh, every time uh, I stand up to preach, I'm still cognizant of the fact that I'm talking to a large audience. Yeah. So there are those days where, you know, you just think in the back of your voice, is, or back of your mind, there's this voice that says, hey, don't screw up today. Uh, yeah. But, you know, then I stand up in the pulpit, open my mouth, and it just comes right out. So there we have it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, That's yeah. great. So um, tell us, for those who may not know, tell us a little bit about the Methodist Church in general and maybe how it's different from other denominations. So I like to think of the United Methodist Church uh, as this gigantic big tent theology. We, we are a congregation uh, or a denomination where uh, many folks can sort of intersect. Our biggest focus uh, theologically is that we are... Uh, inheritors of this grace from God, that there is this, uh, that God is 
loves us and that God is pulling for us and God wants the best for us. And so we have this space as we try to figure out how to deepen our relationship with God. We have this space to stumble and fall on our knees, uh, to skin our elbows a little bit. And God just picks us up, dusts us off and says, let's try again. And so we, we are real big in grace theology, uh, real big on the fact that uh, God knows us even before we know of God. And so with that in mind, uh, there's this sense, if you will, of just pulling for us to succeed and to be our best uh, from the day that we're born. And so as Methodists, we believe that uh, this grace is available to us for free. We don't have to we don't do anything to earn it. Uh, the biggest thing that happens is that as we become conscious of this, we claim that for ourselves and we hope that that grace will drive us uh, to live a better life, to be better human beings, to be better people, better citizens, uh, to be better followers. Uh, but also recognizing that none of us are perfect, mm -hmm. but that we are trying to grow together uh, as a family and kind of move forward. So, you know, in our congregation, you'll find people where uh, maybe the one spouse grew up uh, Southern Baptist, the other spouse grew up Roman Catholic, and they're trying to figure out how to, to, to nuance their faith. And they walk into a place like Centenary, and they hear the music, they hear the preaching, they hear the liturgy, and it feels comfortable to them both. And they feel like, that. wait, this is a place where we can belong and we can raise our family. Uh, we can be together as husband and wife coming from these different faith traditions, which aren't against each other. They're just different sometimes. And sure. so this becomes a place where it's right there in the middle and it's just this great equilibrium. I love that explanation. I think grace is something that is so important to have on yourself too and to have for others. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It's key. If we had more grace these days in the world <laughs> with each other, I think the world would be a better place. Yeah. That's you know, I mean, how, how often do you sit at the stoplight and you look down for a second? You're the first car and you look down and the light turns green. And if you don't hit the gas oh, quick yeah. enough, somebody is hitting the horn behind <laughs> you and maybe waving with less than five fingers. Yeah. We just have uh -huh. a little grace, a little patience with each other. The world would be a better place. Oh, I couldn't agree with that more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Glenn, I have some fun questions for you. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's put go. You, put you in the hot seat. What is something you like that most people don't? Something I like. Could be food or a hobby or a sports team. <laughs> You know, it's hard to say. I'm trying to think this through. What is something that I like that most people don't? I mean, I'm a big Red Sox fan, uh, but there are a lot of Red Sox fans here. <laughs> well, th um, th that's one thing that people don't like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Tim must be a Yankees fan. Uh, we're not going to hold that against him. Oh, no. <laughs> and and then there are Braves fans. They don't understand it. But <laughs> I don't know. I, um, you know, I like good Southern cooking. Uh, it's not good for me, but I like that. Most people like that as well. <laughs> and Brooke, I don't know. I have to think about that. That's Let's a tough question. Okay. okay. Come back to that. If I cut that answer, I'll come back to you. Okay. Next question. And this is so appropriate for a pastor. If you could send a message to the entire world, what would you say in 30 seconds? You are loved more than you realize. So don't let the world get you down. That's a good one. I like that. Okay. What is the worst job you've ever had? Ooh, the worst job. You know, I've really had pretty good jobs. I, I will tell you that um, I, I did some mission work once, and we worked uh, up in uh, central Appalachia, and uh, we were working on a house that needed a lot of help. And I will tell you that we climbed under the 
under the house, under the crawl space. We were trying to uh, shore up some uh, piers that were to keep the floor from sagging. And I heard the toilet flush. Oh. <laughs> and then I heard rushing water. And I heard it in a way that says not running through a pipe, but running right under the house next to you. Now, I wasn't in the uh, the stream bed, if you will. <laughs> the line of fire. <laughs> but it was right there with me. And so that, that was probably the least desirable thing I've done is to be working <laughs> in that space. But, uh, you know, overall, I felt been good. I worked in a, I've worked in food service. Uh and I was the the low person on the totem pole there, so I got to do things like shine the brass on the bar and uh, clean go. the windows. I think that uh, everybody should be required to work in a restaurant, even, absolutely. even if it's for a month. But a- I, I think it should be a human requirement. <laughs> you learn a lot about yourself, and you learn a lot about people doing that, for sure. Yeah, that is the truth. And you learn about what the people who do it as a career have to deal with, with, yeah. with the public. Absolutely, and it and it brings a greater appreciation for folks. Um, and and it broadens out it broadens out from just food service to any service industry. You start to look around and you pay attention to, okay. So if you work in a hospital, the people that work in what they call now environmental services, mm-hmm. read that to me. The people that keep it clean, uh, they put up with a lot of stuff. Oh and yeah, it's, and it's not glamorous. Yeah, be nice to people. Yeah. So good point, Tim. As as I like to say, it's the Bill and Ted. Uh, philosophy of life be excellent to each other absolutely i like that i like that okay last question then we're going to jump into okay. to centenary what characteristic are you most known for uh probably laughter i laugh a lot we have a lot of fun on our team uh we just enjoy life and uh i, I laugh robustly loudly that's a, uh, just, hey that's a just, good characteristic it, 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 it I, catches, so, yeah. I like that yeah. mm-hmm. that's awesome okay so i want to hop into centenary umc what you guys are all about um what kind of sets you apart where you're located mm-hmm. all the good stuff okay so centenary we're located right on fifth street uh almost in the center of the city uh right next to the library and it so, is so beautiful it is it is a great church it is it, uh the cool story about that church is that they laid the cornerstone uh, or they they signed the loan on the church, and then the market crashed the next day in 1929. And no families in the church went to the bank and said, this is important to happen, to build this congregation, to build this sanctuary. We will guarantee the loan. And so those 10 families made sure that the church would continue to go forward, that the building would be built. And we live in that legacy. And so that, you know, I'm cognizant that every time I step on our campus that we truly live uh, uh, and, and rest under the shade of trees that we didn't plant. And that challenges us to do that as well, to push that forward. So that, that drives a lot of what we do there is to think about um, that we are not quite in the center of town, but we are near the center and that we have a responsibility to our community to reach out, to uh, to share that love I talked about earlier, where I tell people like you were loved more than you realize that that is, that is not, uh, for me, those are, those are intentional words. That is a, a mantra that we try to share to let people know that when you walk in the doors of our church, you are loved. When our people walk out of the doors of the church, they walk out to love the world the mm-hmm. way they are loved. So that's that's kind of what we're working on. Uh, we're uh, we've sort of embarked this year on this theme of every day for everyone, uh, and the idea is that every day there is something going on through our church, either on our campus or through our ministries, some stuff that we do online as well. That is available for everyone in our community. 
Uh, it does not matter where you come from, where you live, how you vote, who you are, what sports team you pull for, what you <laughs> like to eat, anything like that, that there is something going on at our church for every person in Winston-Salem, in Forsyth County, and thanks to the World Wide Web, to anyone that can dial into uh, even our virtual stuff. Awesome. Uh, so that, that's what we're about right now, and really trying to live in this idea of being better followers of the one who loves us most and trying to transform the world to reflect that. I like that. Yeah. How big is your congregation? So we're about 2,700 members thereabout. Okay. Uh, we have about, well, before before uh, this little thing called the coronavirus landed, <laughs> uh, we had about 900 people in worship on a weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. We're running right about 600. Okay. Uh, which is about typical. How many uh, services do you have? We, we do two services on Sunday morning. We have a nine o'clock service in our auditorium. The music there uh, varies from jazz to contemporary Christian to jazz variations of traditional, a little bit of folk uh, or Appalachian music mm-hmm. uh, rolls into that service. Um, we have two different bands that, that work with. One is a heavily involved youth band and other is a really uh, professional jazz band that can uh, modulate in a lot of different ways. But if you listen enough, even you'll hear jazz undertones to anything that they provide, which is really cool. Uh, And the youth band uh, for a group of teens and then the adults that help them, they have just a really great sound to them. Our 11 o'clock service is in our sanctuary. Uh, It is a more traditional service when you think about it in those words organ choir orchestra but but make no mistake the music is not boring the liturgy is not boring we we try to build worship no matter which service time you come to uh that it is engaging and pulling you in and sort of opens your um your mind your heart up to uh how god might be speaking to you yeah and then on wednesday nights we have a service we call roots revival it is uh roots americana music uh it takes place like the nine o'clock service in our auditorium uh, and so it is uh, the band there. It's a it's a great group of folks that provide yeah. a little bit of everything. Um, so we're we're having fun with it for sure. Well, it sounds like y'all have something for everybody because I know sometimes the traditional mm. uh, church service can be a little bit intimidating for people who might be looking to go join a new church or to start going back to church or to start going to church at all. Um, so I think that more contemporary vibe can be good. Mm. It is, and I'll tell you, even I mean, even our even our traditional service, we have really, and we still continue to work. Uh, we're not to perfection yet, but we try with all our services to make sure that it is approachable. If you walk in, you realize, wait a minute, I was thinking I was going to get something a little, uh, a little less formal. That at the end of it, if you just will sit and stay and uh, interact with people, you find that it really speaks to you. At some level, somewhere, somehow, I can't say that all. If it's if you if it's an hour long service, that all sixty minutes will. But I promise you, when you walk out the door, something in there will speak to you. Yeah, and you'll feel at home, and that's what we're after. So, so y'all have. I'm assuming you have things like Sunday school, a youth group. We do. We have. uh, We we do have a faith formation programs uh, Sunday mornings at ten o'clock for children, youth, and adults, uh, and. Uh, we use a, what's called a small group, large group model with our children. So they come together and then they break up in smaller groups to uh-huh. do some crafts. and, and But to also really hear the story uh, of the day, our youth ministry program, they gather for 
uh, some snacks because let's just be real clear. Teenagers like to eat. Yeah. what brings them together. And 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 that's where we, and just like all of us, they like to fellowship. I mean, yeah. You know, before we started the podcast, we probably could have talked the three of us here in the room ten or fifteen minutes before we actually got to work. Sure. Uh, and so that's that works for them. And then they break up into you know middle school, high school age, uh, and have conversations that are appropriate. And then we've got something for adults in between. Uh, Sunday Sunday afternoons, we have youth programming uh, early afternoon for middle schoolers, uh, later in the afternoon for our high schoolers. Uh, we wedge uh, a dinner in between so that they've got, again, that time to sort of uh, mix, uh, mix the waters, if you will, but to have some fun and some fellowship over just breaking a meal uh, oh, or breaking bread. Awesome. So, yeah, that. And then during the week, we've got uh, a variety of different small groups. We have some dedicated Bible studies. We have some groups that we call connection groups where people sit down and really talk about their relationships uh, with each other, their relationship with God, and really sort of go deeper in that through just discussion. You know, that's not mm-hmm. a uh, a rule of life or anything like that, but just an opportunity to really talk. And then we have activities like choirs, uh, music ministries, all of that. So lots yeah. of lots of different things going on. For yeah, us. y'all really have something for everybody. It sounds like, and I think Try. enticing kids with food is always always a good idea. And it works for the adults as well. Yeah, you know? true. I was gonna say you can always get me with food too. <laughs> Well, and youth group is so great. Some of my best friends to this day are ones that I met in my youth group growing up. So I think that's super valuable. It is. And I I have the same experience. I mean, some of my, I think of who I'm closest to from high school or, or um, uh, in my college stuff. It's all those fellowship groups. It just matters. I mean, we're, we're built to be in community with each other. for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what does Centenary have coming up? What's what's exciting that's coming up in y'all's oh, world? Oh gosh! Well, let's see here. We uh, you know we're rolling into Thanksgiving uh, here at the end of this week or end of next week, and um, after that we roll into the season of Advent. And of course, you know the whole world gets excited about Christmas, but you know Advent for us is this month long journey to prepare. Mm-hmm. So we have you have our regular Sunday morning worship services. Our theme for this year is the heart of Christmas, and so. Um, we talk about ideas, the heart of Christmas being hope, one Sunday, the next is love, then peace, then joy. Finally, we'll culminate on Christmas Eve, which is talking about just what the heart is, the birth of Christ. So we have that on, you know, we have that for our regular worship services, but then we'll have a service uh, the first weekend in December. We'll have a service on Sunday, Sunday night called Service of Hope and Healing. You know, the holidays are a time when folks, um, the, you know, the daylight has changed, so it gets darker earlier that for some ways on some people. Folks have lost loved ones. Folks get to the end of the year and they sort of take an accounting and go, my life is not where I want it to be. And they sort of mourn that. So this is a, a worship service in which people can come together and can acknowledge what they mourn, acknowledge where they are hurting, but can receive a message of healing and a message of hope that says, you know, hey, all is not lost. There is grace. There is someone walking beside you. There is a community of people that are willing to surround you with love and care. And so that's, mm-hmm. That comes. Uh, that's then. Then we have on the the twelfth. Uh, we have our service of lessons and carols in the evening at five o'clock. Uh, we will. Uh, you'll hear Christmas carols. You hear music in a variety of different styles. But it's this big worship service. It's full of music. But we also read scriptures that sort of that predict and talk about leading up to Christmas. And so that is just this grand festival. Uh, then we'll have um, 
We do the Sunday the 19th, we do uh, our impromptu Christmas pageant for our children. Oh. So during the 10 o'clock Sunday school hour, we bring all our children's ministry in the sanctuary. We put costumes on them. They have a script to read. The kids act it out. There's always the one kid that's a shepherd uh, that's wandering around, and the sheep are like, no, you're supposed to be over here, which is really backwards from the story, but it's just fun to watch it. Uh, and, you know, it's not just for their parents or their grandparents. It's for anyone in the community, one of the churches, to kind of watch this thing happen. And it's it's just this beautiful reminder that we are all trying to uh, explore this uh, this story together for what it means. And it's really one that we're all a part of because yeah. it was there for us. Yeah. So we're doing that. And then, uh, of course, we have Christmas Eve. We have a service at 3, uh, a candlelight communion service at 3 on Christmas Eve. Then we have one at 6 o'clock. We have a children's service at 4 in the sanctuary. Uh, and then we have the 11 o'clock p.m. traditional service where we'll take Holy Communion and all of that. So lots of different lots things going on. Uh, we'll do uh, our youth ministry does this program called Love Thy Neighbor. We'll reach out and help uh, our uh, homeless folks and the community folks who are uh, marginalized in terms of housing, uh, housing insecure, food insecure. And so that's usually the first uh, Sunday of the month. And we'll do that January or December the 5th. Uh, and we'll do it in January as well, but December the 5th. And so uh, it's an opportunity for them. They have relationships with these folks. They know them by name. They know our kids by name. Uh, they see them as uh, just people, just like you and me, and that's mm -hmm. who they are. So but sometimes we don't see them, but this is a chance where they know they are seen and they're cared for. They gather together for a meal uh, and an opportunity just to share some fellowship. So it's a it's a beautiful month here uh, yeah. for us. At, Lots um, coming up. For sure. I like how you talked about on one of the first weeks that you guys will talk about giving people hope and things for the holidays because I think it's important to acknowledge that Christmas and the holidays are not a happy time for, for everybody. There's a lot of uh, grief and sadness for people who have lost a loved one or, you know, it's not always good memories for everybody. So that's important to to acknowledge it is and you know it's just so much in life i think if we would uh when we think about all the things that are going on with us just remember that there are people right around us that their story may not be ours and mm -hmm. so uh you know hope and healing is one sign of that but i think but that plays out every you know every day if you uh, uh you run into somebody that you can tell they're not having a day or they're kind of snippy before you sort of fight back with them just ask yourself like wait a minute why might this person be that way yeah, and we begin to realize that not everybody's life is like ours. Um, not everybody experiences the same that we, the same things that we do at the same time. That just helps us. Oh, that's so uh, true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always tell myself I used to have a little worse of a road rage problem than I do now. I've really, you know, matured. <laughs> you honked the horn, didn't you? <laughs> it's, I, it's okay. In, it's okay. Back I mean, in the day, yes, I would definitely honk. <laughs> them, but I, I've kind of shifted my mindset, and I think like, okay, what if this person in front of me was. I just always think of it as being one of my grandparents. And I'm like, I would be so mad if somebody was like getting upset with my grandparent because they're, you know, they're older. They're doing the best they can. And you love your grandparents <laughs> yes. and they're kind and great people, right? Yeah. So why can't that person be kind and great too? Yeah. And that just totally helped me shift mm -hmm. my, my traffic issue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, well, it sounds like y'all have a lot going on. That's very exciting. We do. I'm assuming that guests are always welcome. Absolutely. There is nothing in our church that's closed. I mean, that's the joy of the United Methodist Church. We have been an open church, an open table, an open community since the day we were started. Yeah. And that's been centenary story, and that's the ministry that we're continuing to build and, and leaning into. So absolutely, we would love to have anyone that's listening, anyone here in the room, you all come be with us. Uh, you're welcome anytime. Thank you. So tell us one more time how we can find you, the physical address, your website, all okay. that good stuff. So our website is, of course, www.centenary-ch. 
www.wsdrs.org. Uh, that's the easiest way to find us on the web. Our address, we're at 646 West 5th Street. Uh, that's our main entrance. Those doors are open on Sundays. If, during the week, if you want to come by and visit us, our, we have an entrance off of 4 and a half Street. That's the easiest way to get in. Uh, we're open uh, 9 to 4, Monday through Thursday. Uh, Sunday mornings, uh, we have a 9 o'clock service, so our doors open uh, right around 8 o'clock. So uh, we look forward to seeing anyone that wants to come and visit. I'd love to have any of you out there listening or uh, anyone that just thinks about this, finds us on the web, come by, try us out. We uh, live stream our 11 o'clock service, so if you're unsure if it's the place for you or you want to see what you're what we're about, hey, live stream us. Uh, we have gotten so used to... Uh, Trying things out from home, just try us out on live stream, see how it works. Um, so you just go on your website. Just go on our website. On there's Sunday a morning. click that'll say worship services, and you okay. click there, and there's a registration page. We'd love for you to register. Let us know that you're there, and there's a comment section. Tell us what you think. I read those comments uh, every Sunday afternoon or Monday morning. Uh, it helps us sort of be better at what we're doing. I think if we're trying to be better, then uh, the world is trying to be better. So that's yeah. our model. Awesome. Well, it was so nice to chat with you, Glenn. Nice to chat with you, too. Brooke. And Thanks. we'll put the uh, Centenary's website in the show notes so that you can okay. click on that and check them out. And as always, you can find Forsyth Magazines on social media and online, ForsythMags.com. And that's a wrap for today. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of Forsyth Magazines Incorporated. Ooh, that's a mouthful.